How's it going? What's up, dude? Hey. So my name is Alex Bate. This is Adam Scott. Uh, Adam Scott's a local business owner in Eureka, Missouri. Uh, not only has he been a longtime enthusiast, uh, but he was one of the first to support modern mountain biking in the area, um, especially with a mountain bike specific shop and also a pretty big role in a local mountain bike park. Um, he's made a long lasting impact on the local area for sure. Um, so to get off with the first question, how long have you been biking? Um, well, I've been biking since I was a kid. So I grew up in Dogtown, <laughs> which is a very hilly area. And I had a GT performer. We just rode everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then once we got into junior high, I moved out to the county. We had woods with a bunch of jumps and stuff in the back. Um, and by high school, I kind of gave it a rest for a bit. Uh, picked it back up when I was 21. So about 10 years ago, I've been kind of seriously mountain biking for the last 10 years. Cool. So you've been doing it your entire life then? Yeah. I've been, I mean, I think all of us have been on a bike at some point. Yeah. Some of us put it down and forget to get back on. Um, but... Um, I think once people do get back on a bike, it's it's like riding a bike. Like it's it's the fun is there still. You feel like you're a kid again. It's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so obviously you're you're a local business owner. Uh, when did you get the idea to make a shot? So I started my first service business around the time I began mountain biking. Um, I had a pest control company, a Christmas light business, um, and I ultimately wanted to get to a point. Um, I had hurt myself a few times training <laughs> and uh, it kept me from being able to work. So I wanted to have a place where people could come and see me. Um, so I started volunteering at different trail building groups. Um, and ultimately what was the final push is I realized if we wanted to get cooler trails and stuff built, the best way to do it would be to generate sales tax dollars, then go and talk to cities. Yeah. Um, and that was a plan. It, it worked out uh fairly well so far yeah and part of that was with the the local park right mm -hmm. yeah yeah so we picked eureka um eureka is surrounded by three um uh, county park a city park uh, and another county park but kind of the three most popular mountain bike trails in the area mm -hmm. um and eureka is just known for its outdoor stuff so when we came out to eureka they've got this cool little old town area uh, and i just kind of knew this place my shop had to be um, so my idea was, you know, open up the shop, call it the mountain bike shed. Um, we didn't go with the, the bike shed because, you know, four or five years ago when we opened the shop, when I told people I mountain bike, they had no idea what that meant. They thought I was on like a paved trail or like the KD trail, something like that. They didn't realize we were out in the middle of the woods on, you know, 12 to 24 inch dirt trails, um, you know, 15 miles an hour blazing trees. Yeah. It wasn't until like the last three four years people really starting started getting it's like actual mountain biking like modern mountain biking basically mm -hmm. yeah i mean we have over 20 parks here in st louis with maintained mountain bike trails by an organization called gateway off-road cyclists and that's who i started volunteering with mm -hmm. um, well before i decided to open the shop um, and those guys have built a ton of trails but they were what was called cross country um, so there wasn't like big jumps and like, you know, bank turns and all this cool stuff that, um, you know, younger people want to do. Our trails are awesome here, but it does require a certain amount of fitness. Mm -hmm. um, so my goal with opening the shop and getting a park built is I wanted to kind of build a skills park um, that was going to have jumps and kind of serve as an example. So we could start putting those on other trails and therefore getting more kids and more people hyped up about um, riding their bike because if you're especially for boys and um, there's some girls too that like to get pretty rowdy on a bike but um, 
you know, that's the most fun thing is getting your reels off the ground. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. everybody wants to do. So it's cool. We have that now. Yeah. So mountain biking has always been in the area, but it's been the shift towards more fun orientated biking, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Right. Mountain biking started back in Marin County, um, kind of in the 1980s. Um, and then I want to say Gateway Off-Road Cyclists just celebrated their 25th year or so here. Um, so kind of, you know, early 90s is when the first mountain bike trails were built here in the St. Louis area. Mm -hmm. um, and then since then, you know, almost 200 miles of mountain bike trails have been built strictly by volunteers. Yeah. Um, lately in the last two years, now we have professionals coming in and building what they call flow trails or smooth machine built trails with the jumps and those those big turns. Yeah. Um, and one of those big projects, I think everyone knows about it now, but Bluff View. Bluffview Park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bluffview is awesome. Yeah, and would they spend like almost thirty thousand dollars on just building mountain bike trails? Yeah, so far, so you know, we did the Eureka Mountain Bike Park because an issue we were running into was when we would go to um, you know parks departments or municipalities and talk about putting jumps in, they automatically started worrying about liabilities, mm -hmm. and uh, it was something new; no one had ever seen it. So. Yeah. Um, we had the trail building company, we had come out for about five trails, a little kind of skills park over 11 acres. That was a quarter million dollars um, yeah. spent on that project, um, paid. And then with the volunteers, um, they kind of had a professional come in and help design things. But yeah, I want to say they're around like $50,000. They bring in a bunch of rock, they have machines, um, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. So it's not just, it's not free, obviously. Right. Like you said, a quarter million dollars worth of work and yep. materials and things i mean that's pretty big in impact on the economy the local economy especially yeah absolutely the light coming in from the front is insane. yeah the light is coming in directly that's wonderful that's um okay. now something that is becoming pretty popular right now is racing especially the enduro races um what do you think about those popping up pretty heavily in the st louis area yeah, it brings a lot of money. So a, a big part of the pitch with getting cities to invest in spending that quarter million dollars or whatever it may be on mountain bike trails is the people it's going to bring to town. So mm -hmm. um, here in St. Louis, um, we've started what's called the Missouri Enduro Series. Uh, it's four different races. Um, the next one coming up is in Ironton, Missouri, so a little bit south of here. They expect that to bring in a thousand people to town. So you can imagine, you know, typically when a mountain biker comes to town, he's going to spend anywhere from, you know, maybe $50 on the lower end, grabbing gas while they're yeah. there, up to $150. If you're making an overnight stay, that's $250. So let's say half the people stayed um, in Ironton, you know, that's $250, you know, by 500 people is a Absolutely. lot of money for that city. Yeah. Well, I know it's a four-day race and plus you need to take into account for airbnbs tents or tent camping things like that on top of all the food and other expenses you're paying so yeah it's a lot of money going into the local economy absolutely and it, what it does is it draws people in from other areas so you know like here in eureka um, with us being a mountain bike specific shop we carry a lot of things other shops aren't going to carry um, so mountain bikers from all across the st louis area are now coming into eureka and spending their dollars here, which means sales tax dollars for the city, which makes them very happy. Um, or, you know, for instance, we had somebody from out of state even come um, yeah. from Chicago, Illinois, um, and purchased a $5,000 bike. So it's $500 in sales tax dollars from just that one sale. Yeah. And we see that often, especially when these races come, the kind of more advanced trails we have, people travel from states around to come here. 
um, and they're going to spend money more than just hotels um, and food. And they're mm-hmm. going to come into the bike shops. They're going to buy extra gear. They're going to go to Walmart. They're going to do all these different things that are all generating sales tax dollars and returning that investment for the city. Yeah, people are traveling from five to ten hours away just to come to St. Louis to ride these trails and actually get a get a foot in the door. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, in terms of the future, do you think it's going to stay where it's at and like spread in the area? Or do you think we're going to keep building our local trails? What do you what do you think is going to happen with that kind of stuff? Um, I think we'll continue to see more parks popping up. So um, and that was kind of the goal. I knew that if I could just get the Eureka Mountain Bike Park out there, if I could just get that one example for everybody else to look at, then everybody else would then be able to pick up the ball and say, hey, we could do that. We've got this property here. This looks like a steep hillside. We're not doing anything with it. Why don't we cut some trails in? So, you know, since uh, the Eureka Mountain Bike Park opened, uh, Shepherd Mountain opened up down there in Ironton that I was talking about earlier, uh, Steelville Mountain Bike Park, about 40 minutes outside of St. Louis here. Um, There's a a new mountain bike resort being opened up in Branson, Missouri. Um, So it's kind of a snowball effect. And I think that'll continue. It's a great, it's a a affordable way for smaller towns and cities. And because it could all be done volunteer built. Um, You don't have to pay people to do this. You need people that know how to ride mountain bikes. Um, You can't just have anybody go out there and kind of throw a trail out there. Um, But uh it, it is a way for them to kind of draw people to their town and mountain bikers mm-hmm. are the kind of people that you want in your town you know you're they're not folks that are like a lot of missouri towns deal with um you know they've got like floating and all that type of thing mm-hmm. those are a lot of folks who are being intoxicated a little and... bit wild it's kind of crazy yeah. the mountain bikers are going to come in town they're going to go ride their bike they're going to be worn out. They're going to want to hit a restaurant afterwards, um, hang out, fold their gas tank, get out of town. Yeah, absolutely. So they're Makes nice folks. <laughs> so it's just going to keep keep snowballing until it you see it turn into whatever it turns into, really. Yeah. Right? Yep. And we just got a, a high school um, mountain biking league uh, started up called NICA, National mm-hmm. Interscholastic Cycling Association. Um, so that'll do a lot to kind of grow the sport. Now that we have something organized and kind of help parents justify um, investing in a, a nicer bike to get their kids riding. Yeah. And so for those of us who don't know, like what exactly is NICA? It's um, the Association for Kids, right? Yeah, they're a national organization. Each state uh, that participates in the league has their own individual league. It's They have five different races they do around. So they go from St. Louis, Kansas City to Springfield, um, a few other places in between. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically there's different ty- teams in each area. I think mm-hmm. we've got like eight teams here in the local St. Louis area. Kansas yeah. city has a few Springfield has their teams. Um, and they practice a couple times a week. They've got coaches who go through training. It's a legitimate, you know, traditional kind of coaching situation for, for younger uh, boys and girls. And there's also some orienteering stuff with it, some trail building. So it's not just mm-hmm. about racing mountain bikes. Um, they also kind of teach the kids to volunteer and get back. Yeah, those, those kind of people things. skills and extra things that you can do for the community. It's and, awesome. I mean, it's just more stuff to bring into the local St. Louis area for sure. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think for the most part, that's all, all I had. Um, what else do you have? Sick. So, um, 
I was recently going through my business plan. I think we, I had wrote it out originally for like, this light is so weird. I'm just yeah. going to stand halfway. Excuse me. It could be. You yeah. can see the sun setting uh, right there in our sign, which is actually kind of dope. So I dig that. So as the sun sets, um, I figured I'd kind of go through with people uh, my our business plan. And, you know, when you asked me about, you know, how we got the shop started and where things were going to go, it got my head to thinking like, oh, yeah, it's so funny how like everything is kind of falling into place because uh, ultimately, you know, I started riding mountain bikes like 10 years ago and then I uh, broke up with a girl <laughs> and I used to spend a lot of time hanging out with her and I was like, I need to make new friends. And yeah. all I wanted to do is ride my mountain bike from the time I bought a mountain bike until I opened the shop, I rode my bike every single day. Yeah. Um, so I was like, that's what I want to be doing. I'll go to a group ride, even though I'm very antisocial and I'll try to make some friends. And I ended up doing it. Um, it was a night ride out at Lost Valley. I did meet a friend. Um, then we ended up being riding partners for a while um, and kind of worked out the ideas of doing the bike shop together. Um, and then we started doing trail build days with Gork. Um, and I would go to all the Gork meetings and they were talking about all this awesome stuff. And I'm like, why don't we have jump trails? Cause I started going down to two rivers mountain bike park, still my favorite place to go in the world. It's down in Springfield. Yeah. It's friggin' awesome. Um, and I was like, we need that here, you mm -hmm. know, and Bentonville started getting popular. I'm like, they're doing it down there. You know, people are starting to go down there. They're getting hurt. Cause they've never like seen jumps before if they yeah. came from Missouri. So, um, I was like, we need that here. And it, at the Gork meetings, they're talking about it all the time. They're trying to get it done. Yeah. Uh, they were looking at, uh, Sherman beach area. There was some, uh, okay. property that was donated to the park. They're okay. Putting some flow trails in there and ended yeah. up getting shut down. People didn't want it. Blah, blah, blah. It's too dangerous. Every, quote unquote, too dangerous. Yeah. Or it brings in too many people, Yeah. which is, I think now that we have some examples out there. Yeah. It's obvious the city's like, okay, there's not going to be a traffic issue yeah. if we build home by trucks. It's like, a good thing bringing in that money for the economy. And yeah, you'll have a traffic and... issue on, um, like, you know, for the first few weeks it's open. Yes. Mm -hmm. There might be some congestion and some annoyances there for the local residents. But past that, um, you know, things, mountain bikers kind of throughout the day, we tend to have jobs that allow us to ride our mountain bikes during the week. Like, yeah you know it's just how a lot of us kind of roll so um yeah people tend to spread out it's not a big deal look at me right in the shadows yeah you're kind of hiding i feel good it's like all on me now um so i was with them and like it's just like why are they not letting us do this and then mm -hmm. like you know i was like if we're gonna like get the next generate generation of riders and we need to have jumps and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i uh devise the idea that and i've been talking about opening a bike shop with a buddy of mine for the longest time um and then he and he got he was working on a car within proper jacks he was not being <laughs> safe don't laugh yet you'll feel bad okay. um <laughs> but no um uh but in 2017 i used to always go hang out we'd hang out and he had like a big barn garage on his property mm -hmm. um we'd always you know kind of talk about opening a bike shop and like just how to get new trails in and all this kind of, you know, stuff I wanted to ride too that I yeah. didn't want to have to go down to two rivers to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, what is that? A 
four-hour drive, three-hour drive. Yeah, I constantly tried talking him into riding. He never did end up riding mountain bikes, but he was working on a transmission. He was rocking the truck around. He had jack stands. They were cheap jack stands. They snapped, and it crushed them. So I kind of at that point was like, I want to do something more meaningful with my life. He had two young kids. He was, you know, our, my age, not our age. He was our age. <laughs> he was my yeah. age, he was, you know, in his, his mid thirties. And it just made me realize like, all right, like I've been talking about doing a bike shop. I want to make my impact. Mm-hmm. I better do it now because I don't know what's going to happen next. So I got really serious about, looking into the the shop and starting to scout out areas um within about six months i uh, joined up with the chamber of commerce here there's a really cool lady named julie woods uh she runs she was economic development now she's got some other role in the city she's kind of like the background woman who's like making everything she's plugging everything in and making sure everything she's awesome so she makes a ton of stuff happening here in the city she guided me through being able to open up the shop i never uh, opened a, or worked in a retail store or any, I'd worked in retail stores, but I obviously didn't own a retail business. Mm-hmm. Um, I never worked at a bike shop. I went and volunteered for about a year and a half before opening the shop on at uh, St. Louis Bicycle Works. It's, um, you donate bikes down there. So if you've got an old bike, take it on to St. Louis Bicycle Works in Soulard. Uh, they fix them up and sell them. And then they have a program where kids learn how to work on bikes. And once they get through this six week program, they teach them like, chain repair, tires, you know, all kinds of different stuff on the bike. Um, and if they show up every week, then at the end of it, they get a brand new bike, they get a lock, a light and a helmet. Cool. Super dope stuff. Yeah. So I got to volunteer down there, kind of learn my way around a bike shop, kind of noted the things I liked and didn't like. Uh, bicycle works, even if you don't have a bike to donate, you have to go down there. It is so cool. Like their shop set up so cool. Um, it was definitely the inspiration for this place. Um, that and in 2016, I tore my ACL and then later had a tibial plateau fracture. So for about six months, I was I spent a lot of six months on a couch and had a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do with my life and uh, the bike shop. And then, like I said, Dion passed. Um, and that was kind of the final nail that said, like, hey, move now. Mm-hmm. Um, no time to waste. And I went around to shops and I spent like the next year going to every single bike shop I could. St. Louis area, anywhere in the Midwest I went, I sought out every single bike shop, looked and seen what I liked and didn't like. Mm -hmm. And I would always look for something mountain bike related and nothing was ever mountain bike related, especially in St. Louis. Everything was special order. It would piss me off. You couldn't get anything Troy Lee. Nobody had any Fox crap. Like it was frustrating. Uh, One bike shop I went to had Ergon grips. That was the only mountain bike related product I could find. They're mountain bike oriented, but they're kind of bike so bike stuff. So yeah, I was like, okay, well, like if if we're gonna do all this stuff, and you know, I like we have to have somewhere where people can buy this stuff. Like mm-hmm. you have to have a place where people can buy knee pads. And everybody four years ago was like, what do you need knee pads for? What do you need a full suspension bike for? What do you need 120 mil travel for? It's like. I don't know because it's more freaking fun, dude. And then guess what? And then like we were, we started selling full face helmets. The amount of crap we got when we because you know when we opened up, I was like, oh yeah, the stage came out within like three months. So yeah. it came out like late 2018. It was revolutionary. Yeah. So like the stages, Twirly's full face. Yeah, they're like top. Well, not top line, but they're like standard full face that they try to sell. And... Wonderful helmet. But yeah, everybody yeah. would make fun of it. They're like, oh, I'm not that crazy. You don't know who you think you are. It's like, okay, everybody should be wearing knee pads, gloves, and a full face helmet. Now, yeah. uh, you know, most of the people you see out on the trail are going to be wearing knee pads, gloves, and a full face helmet. Yeah. 
I wear that. I think you do too. I do. The guys I ride with, we all wear full face and knee pads and gloves, and most of them wear elbow pads and chest protectors too. I mean, it's getting. So yeah, it's dope. So we're at 18 minutes. I'll probably bullshit a little bit more about like what led up to it. And then once we hit the 30 minute point, then I'm going to go, we're going to get into the business plan. I'm going to pull it up and we're going to talk about it and see how, what the, the, uh, the whole business plan, the reason why I did it is I thought we were going to carry giant. Okay. So giant had asked us to make a business, but he was like, you have a business plan. I was like a business plan. So the problem with opening a bike shop is, is none of the vendors and stuff will talk to you. Cause every, everybody rides a mountain bike wants to open a bike shop. Yeah. Everybody says like, oh, I was going to do that. Yeah. But no <laughs> one will talk to you until you actually do it. No, right? and we'll get into it in the business plan. It will go, uh, it spells out um, what money I put into it, what exactly our plan was, what our SWAT, all that good stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm going to read through that. You guys are going to get to look at it. Um, so I just kind of put it in there. I was bullshitting um, <laughs> when I made it. I knew what I wanted to do and how I saw everything playing out, you know, the numbers and stuff and ended up not being what they actually ended up being um so those were all just predictions before i ever sold a single bicycle item and the issue was was you couldn't get vendors to talk to you until you had a storefront location with a lease sign and i was like well how am i going to open yeah. a bike shop with no bikes <laughs> well if i don't know like how much things are going to cost it's like well how do i know how big of a store i can afford so in this original business plan we've since moved we've changed our logo um our numbers are way better our kind of strategy is has followed the course of kind of what we set out to do um and then of course we have our new strategy which you're watching or listening to right now um, which is not detailed in the plan i did not would not have seen myself recording an hour-long conversation unedited with people but yeah that's the world we live in now so i but it is cool because that was that was the most fun thing so like uh about six months before i opened the shop we would start going to the chamber stop and i wanted to meet the people in town immediately um i went to the first chamber meeting and they had like a whole trail map plan and i met wester who ended up me and him were the ones that kind of got the park going and all that west mm -hmm. i mean without west there's no way this would have agreed but he's been an alderman in eureka for i think the last 20 years he's been a resident here for like 30. Well, i met him at the first chamber lunch and i should have known he's an older guy with glasses you don't think much of him right so okay. i maybe it was being a little bit ageist he comes up and talks to me he's all excited he's like oh i hear you're thinking about opening a bike shop out here this is so everybody was like insanely welcoming yeah. like, he was the coolest thing ever i've never been to any type of business function like literally everybody knew i was coming everybody was like so welcoming and like so excited i was there um, I'm sure Julie had something to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I met Wes and he's, you know, I don't know how old Wes is. He's probably 70 something, but he looks like he's 60 something. Yeah. So um, Wes was there. He starts talking to me. He's like, yeah, I got these old bikes. My kids used to ride, you know, you know, do you do any of the old bikes? I'm like, yeah, when we open, just, I guess, bring them by, you know, yeah. I was like, gosh, darn it. Like already with is this, this, those ones in the corner, it's the one of them. Oh, okay. So. I was like, whatever, you know, and I just think this is, yeah. you know, I didn't really get a chance to talk to much, bunch of people and stuff going on. So I didn't think twice about him. So he ends up showing up a couple of weeks later at the, we end up signing the lease at the shop, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, and then he comes in and he's like, oh, I got those bikes. I told you I was going to bring by. I'm like, Sigh. by this point, we had been open for a couple of weeks. I've already had 
a bunch of people try to donate their junkie bikes to me yeah. that been sitting in their garage. And we did, and we got to take them down to B Works, and that was awesome. So I'm not complaining about that. But I thought that was happening again. I was like, well, I gotta be nice to this guy because he's an alderman, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to work with the city to get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, bring him in. You know, we'll just toss him right out back. Rolls in the first one, it was a red line. I was like, Jesus, dude. I was like, this isn't some old bike. And they were like a little pitted up and stuff. They've been yeah. left outside. But he's like, oh, well, if you like that, this one, you'll probably like the other one that he brought in. Um, what is that over there? Uh, dino. Yeah, the dino. And I was like, I was like, Jesus, dude. And then he was like, and then he had a whole box full of extra parts. What ends up, his kids used to race BMX and stuff. So this wasn't just some old dude. Yeah. And they were nice bikes, obviously, at the time. Probably They probably paid seven, $800 oh, for those bikes. Still nice bikes now, I'd say. Yeah, still oh, super yeah. cool. We were able to rebuild them. We kept one of them. Um, our original mechanic who helped us open the shop and kind of mold things that first year, Art, um, he took the other bike. Um, so it's his taco grabber um, or what I, ew, I pause. <laughs> Can't say taco grabber. He would use it to ride it to Taco Bell. It's the it's the bar bike. You just got to call it a bar bike. A bar bike, yeah, yeah. bar bike. Yeah, that's the uh, the running term. Right All now. bikes have bars, though. Yeah, but it's the bike you take to go to bars. It's the bar bike, not a taco grabber. That's what the kids are saying today. <laughs> okay, they're not saying taco grabber not yet. Maybe because of this, they will. It'll be a little more uh, PC. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna pick up. We're gonna pick up that conversation later. I don't know if it's appropriate for the airwaves. You can always edit it. But I mean, we do have a taco joint right here next door. Yeah. So <laughs> technically, I mean, yeah, it's tacos. Yeah. What's wrong with a taco? I'm just gonna let that sit for a minute. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna open a bike shop." So we did. No, but um, kind of the big factors were a: the city had this like trail map. They, you know, a whole interconnecting trails that were supposed to go around. They have only done a very mm-hmm. small portion of it. It's nice. You can get around Eureka, which is a big part of the reason why we moved to this bigger location down here is because we have access to a. There is a really nice paved trail system. It's not all connected yet. Um, that would be awesome once it happens. But there are ways yeah. if you go around, it's really beautiful. We kind of sit in a valley here. Mm-hmm. The Merrimack River rolls through. The big river comes by. Um, Eureka is just a very unique place. So it's really cool. And Eureka has always been a destination as far as vacations go mm-hmm. for St. Louis. And so back in like the 1920s, folks used to ride the train out here. Mm-hmm. And then they would have their, the rich folks would have their vacation homes and things along those lines. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty cool. So anyway, awesome town. Many of those folks still live here today or their families were still here today. So Eureka is like this really cool, small town. And that was the thing. At the chamber meeting, not only did I meet um, Wes, our aldermen, all the other aldermen were there. Almost all the business people in town were there. The mayor was there. Like everybody in town was there. That like all the kind of decision makers or stakeholders in the town were all there. It was Mm -hmm. so awesome. So we used to go to those meetings weekly um for until the park opened really um and then i stopped doing everything (laughs) and got back to life because that was the thing and not only did it take a huge investment in cash it took a huge investment in time and that's you know i tell my daughter all the time and i try to thank her as much publicly but she has done a lot to she's just turned 16 
So we, <laughs> I've had the shop for the last four years. So the last four years, she's basically raised herself and she's done a really great job with it. So she gets a lot of credit, but that's the sacrifice it takes. I mean, I was working 16 hour days at the shop for the first two years we were open. And like, I would mm -hmm. shut the shop down to go to chamber meetings. Like the shop would just close because yeah. I didn't have anybody else here. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of work. And, you know, even to this day, I had my head injury and we had COVID, both those things um, slowed me down a lot and got me mm -hmm. to stop working um, crazy hours. But I still do work a lot and I never yeah. stop thinking about the shop or trails or mountain biking. Like it just, it's, I don't get to ride my bike like I used to, but I, but my body pays the price for mountain biking more now than when I rode every day. Yeah. Um, just cause it's always on my mind. It's always, it's just, it's ingrained. Everything I do has to do with mountain biking. Yeah. Like we went to, I bought my daughter a car for her, um, birthday we went to super dealership of course the guy who's like trying to show her everything in the car and uh he, he was a customer of mine that had moved here and mm -hmm. bought a bunch of protective gear and stuff like that so we are t-minus one minute and 10 seconds until the 30 minute point when i said that i was going to go through and i'm going to do it right at 30 minutes is when i'm going to share that screen and then we're going to be all business and then yeah. you, you can I'm ask any serious. questions as i'm reading or I was going to say you could read it, but... I feel like you might as well just read it. Yeah. You're going to want comments as you're reading, so... That that could be an issue, though. I might stop too much. You got half an hour. Half an hour for seven pages. Yeah, that's not going to be enough time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. So, I threw this together in, like, four hours. And this was, mind you, Giant, again, like, and, and nothing against Giant as a company, any bicycle company was the same. Nobody yeah, was yeah. going to sign anything with me until I had a location. Yeah. Um, so, I signed my lease. I was three weeks away from opening. I finally, the Giant rep finally comes. He's like, oh, do you have the business plan? I'm like, no, dude. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> like, let's get rolling here. And uh, so, I throw it together real fast with everything that was in my head. Uh, about three weeks before we opened the shop. And that's essentially what this is. Yeah. This isn't really a business plan. This is what was it's, Adam thinking right before which, we opened the shop. But it, it is still your your plan for how you were going to run the business, basically. It was just... Yeah, it is. Was... And, and prior to writing this, I, everybody I met with in the industry told me not to open up a mountain bike-specific shop, that it would never work. The only person who didn't was um, Jay Thomas from Roots Mountain Biking. Um, Matt with me is also a, uh, the outside rep for quality bicycle parts, which is our main bicycle supplier. Um, we did not have an account with them yet, but Jay, you know, I was like, Jay, dude, how am I going to open a shop if I don't know how much stuff's going to cost and how yeah. much money I'm going to make? Jay said, well, why don't I meet with you? I'll talk with you. We'll kind of go over things a little bit and feel it out. So I met with Jay at Sarah's, um, here in Eureka and old town Eureka. And I was telling him, I'm like, dude. I was like, we're going to carry knee pads. We're going to carry 510 shoes. We're going to carry baggy shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I threw full face helmets in at the time because, like I said, the stage wasn't released yet. Yeah. So, like, full face helmets were still, like. Yeah, full face were still a pretty recent thing. Yeah, that was, like, you would have to get, like, a moto helmet or, yeah. like, a downhill helmet or something like that. They were hot. And um, at that point, you were riding some pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah, enduro right? full face helmets weren't popular at no, the time or no. nobody had really nailed it down. Well, troy enduro, lee hadn't released the stage enduro racing still wasn't even really a thing well yeah and like troy lee was a big reason to open the shop too troy lee and 510 because i wore 510s i wore troy lee and i couldn't mm -hmm. buy them locally i had to buy everything online like this is stupid and i was always a big supporter of my local bike shop i used to go to Southside, side to grow up in south city yeah. um in dogtown so 
um, I would always see the expensive bikes my parents would never buy me as we drive by all the time. So it was a dream for me when I finally had to buy a full suspension bike from them. Um, it was a giant stance, which I cracked the frame on, of course, because it's single pivot design. It's just terrible. But anyhow, um, I forgot why I said that. I was thinking about my old bike. I got sidetracked. Yeah, you were talking about your old bike. But anyway. Oh, it just, nobody sold stuff around here. And yeah. I always made a point of buying, and I would, instead of just ordering crap online, I wasn't going to, I've never ordered from Chain Reaction, Jensen, any of those online bike companies. No. I would go into the bike shop. I'd drive my happy butt to the bike shop. It was a whole thing. I loved doing it. And that's yeah. why I opened up the bike shop, because when I broke my leg, too, the only thing I wanted to do, the first thing I did when I could drive myself, when I could get in a car, I probably shouldn't have been driving, but when mm -hmm. I could get in a car, was I drove to, to the bike shop. That was the first it's, thing I wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, it's a communal thing. It's always a communal thing. Yeah. So when I was laying on the couch, I was thinking about things I wanted to do. I was like, I like, it's a no brainer. I had to open a bike shop because that's where I want to be. And it, mm -hmm. it worked out four years later. I still love being here every day. I still end days after like getting like customers come in all day and we get to talk about mountain biking and stuff. Yeah. And like, I, I know how lucky I am that that's what I call work. It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. I may not be a rich fam, but I am rich in conversation. <laughs> um, and that's why we do the podcast too, to share that with you. So um, I was not a good boy and I did not start right at um, time, but we'll start now. So I'm going to share the screen of the business plan. You guys get the, the nuts and bolts of it all now. Back to so it was just an idea. The question is, how do we full screen this button? Oh, it's a PDF. Oh, um, hopefully I don't mess this up. Heck yeah. Helps a little bit. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so this was the old location here. Um, that was our original logo. It's superimposed on there. That's not, that's a sign you, you saw behind us the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, that, the reason we chose that location, um, the original location we looked at was actually right at the bottom of Greensfelder. They put that new subdivision in there. Okay. The little strip mall there, we were going to go in there, but we were going to have to add utilities. going to be like 80 grand just to get the construction yeah. done to move in. We could not afford that yeah. um, and still be able to afford to buy mountain bikes. So um, we had to pass on that location. I was pretty heartbroken. I called. Uh, I was just driving around like, there's. I want to be on, I want to be a bike shop on the trail. Yeah. I want to ride out from the trail or from my shop and get on a trail. Like mm -hmm. I want that option for people. And that was super important to me. It's driver. I can't figure it out. And I, so I just start calling the different places for lease. I'm like, all right, I'll at least get some pricing see what's going on. See a strip mall over by Dickie Bob uh, off the side of the highway. This yeah. location you're looking at here. There's a bunch of things for lease in there. I'm like, this is terrible. I was like, uh, due diligence, I'll call. Yeah. <clears throat> I called the, the leasing agent uh, ends up as a gentleman named Kurt. He owns Michelle's Cafe here in Old Town Eureka. It's my, one of my favorite two o'clock lunch destination. Uh, they've got, uh, uh, oh God, why can't I, what do you call the little biscuits with the crab? Crab cakes. Crab cakes. And then fried spinach on top of it. So, Ooh. so good. And like a spicy little sauce on Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. And then Michelle, she is his wife. Um, she makes a bunch of different gooey butter cakes. So they, she has different gooey butter cake recipes in there each time you go in. So all different guys like Oreo. This, I mean, she's got better examples than that, but I like Oreo and s'more, yeah. stuff like that. So she does a lot of interesting things. Go check them out. But anyway, I call Kurt up and Kurt says, 
uh, I was like, Hey man, um, you know, I was looking at, we're trying to open a bike shop up. I wanted, I, there's no choice for me, but Eureka, the place we were looking at fell through, you know, what are you guys looking at over here? He's like, Oh, he was like, or actually I called when I called his office, it wasn't Kurt. And when I called the first guy, he goes, Oh, what kind of shop are you looking to open? I was like a bike shop. He goes, yeah. Oh, well, let me get you in touch with Kurt. He's going to be really excited to hear from you. And I was like, okay. So, uh, Kurt calls. He's like, yeah, dude, I called around every single bike shop in town trying to get somebody to come out here. He's like, we have a client, uh, Melbourne Brewing, that's our brewery that's looking to move. We're trying to get moved into this huge space over here. And we're trying to, you know, sweeten up the pause <laughs> a little bit. So his idea was to get a bike shop in. So he's like, I just literally like two weeks ago was calling every bike shop in town. Everybody told me no. There wasn't enough people out here. It's blah, 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 blah. Why? Because none of them were all mountain bike shops. Yeah. So why would they open a town or open in an area that has all the mountain bike trails? For me, it was no brainer. It was like, yeah, yeah Greensfelder, Chubb, um, and Bluffview Zombie. Yeah. Why would I open a shop anywhere else? And I can be right in the middle of them all, yeah. which is where we are. We're basically right in the center of the whole triangle. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So anyway, um, found out Melvin was moving in there. They ended up playing a huge role in getting the bike park done. Um, they are the only reason why the bike park happened. And without the bike park happening, we wouldn't have the rest of these trails. So um, we moved in there to convince Melvin to sign the lease because they <laughs> hadn't signed a lease. And I wasn't sure about it. I was like, this location sucks unless the brewery comes. And I didn't know anybody from the brewery at that time. Mm -hmm. They were in the very early stages. It was definitely not a for sure yet. And uh, so I was like, oh, this is a gamble. I was like, if they open the brewery, we're set. If they don't open the brewery, we're screwed. So I had an early out written into my lease um, based because of that. Um, and then we signed it and just gambled it away. Met the guys from Melbourne. Ended up doing a bunch of tastings for them. Helped spread the name. Their beer is awesome. People should go visit them. They're still over in the old plaza. Um, we had to move to a bigger location, or we and I wanted to be in front of the bike park, or we would still be next door to them. Um, but yeah, check out Melvin Brewing. They got us in touch with Census Red Trail. So the problem was we were in Missouri, so you can't. No one a the cities weren't going to let us build jumps. You call pro builders from down in Arkansas yeah. or out west. They're like, no, we have stuff to do we're not coming to why would we come to missouri well, yeah. what are you guys talking about so we couldn't get builders out here even after i raised money got the city on board blah blah mm -hmm. blah. we still couldn't convince builders to come out here um and then lucky for us um cody wilkins from census rad trails cam zinc's or nonprofit trail building organization had just launched jesus um and he lived in jackson hole wyoming and he had friends that were bartenders at Melvin out there. Melvin was trying to shoot a video um, and Cody was trying to shoot a video. So they asked Melvin for a donation to do so. And they said, well, hey, you might want to reach out um, to Eureka because we, of course, knew the guys at Melvin. They knew we were mm -hmm. trying to do a park. Um, so they got in touch with us and bing, bam, boom. Next thing you know, Cam Zink's walking up and down Trap Trail with me. Dude. So insane. So crazy. Um, I would not, I did not put Cam Zink in the business plan. I don't feel like my aspirations were that high. That a two-time yeah. Red Bull Rampage champion, <laughs> world record holder for the longest backflip on a mountain bike, just insane dude for the longest time, came and walked Chub Trail with me while Still I was steward. big name. And then built our park, designed and built our park. <laughs> So crazy. Uh, well, he they only built the dual swamp. They designed the park. Uh, then Nomad came in and finished it. Um, we'll save that for a different podcast. But no, Nomad's awesome. Uh, they did a great job. I love the Eureka Mountain Bike Park. 
It, I, I tried the original Gulf of Greek mountain bike park was just us to build it. Mm-hmm. And when Wes helped figure out that area there, I was like, oh, this is awesome, dude. I started walking around, start trying to flag stuff off. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. We need professionals. Um, but anyway, so yeah, business plan. That's what we're doing. Um, so yeah, February 22nd, 2018. Uh, we ended up opening on April 7th of 2018. So two months later. Um, we ended up not signing Giant. They signed with another bike shop in town. Didn't tell me that they were considering that. Um, so I had to scramble at the last minute. We ended up picking up Marin Bikes, which worked out really nice. They were a great bike company for us um, for a while. Um, they were like this cool little, you know, scruffy company, kind of like we were, same yeah. vibes. And uh, we really got along for a really long time. And uh, yeah, they're a great company, cool guys. Um, so anyway, executive summary. Um, Mom Bike Shed is a retail shop located in Eureka, Missouri. The company operating a 1,400 square foot space is solely owned by a longtime bicycle enthusiast, Adam Scott. Know that guy. Adam has been in retail and one-on-one sales for many years. Adam started two successful local service businesses in 2010 that are still serving the local community today. You should read this because it sounds really fishy, like... You don't want to read it about yourself. Yeah, dude, that's okay. So here, you have documentation. I'll run the computer. This is genius. So you can start with 1.2. So I just FYI, I again had to throw this together in about six hours. So I downloaded a template um, from the internet. I may have paid like 99 cents for it. It, Front and back pages. Darn, dude, we may skip that. There is. Okay, we're good. We're good. Cool. Okay. Products and services. Uh, the mountain bike shed will specialize in mountain bike focused brands in addition to new bike sales the shop will provide bike service and upgrades it will be the only shop in the region to carry parts and components specific to mountain bike industry apparel and safety equipment will also be sold yep so that was the whole thing carry knee pads carry 510 shoes carry um and and be willing to do one by upgrades at the time bikes at 2017 2018 is when one buys yeah so a lot of conversions had happened and a lot of shops were like it was difficult to get them to yeah. do it. Everybody would tell you that your hub couldn't fit a 10 speed cassette, which is not true. Yeah. Which is <laughs> fun. So we're on 12 speed now and stupid uh, range compared to what we Well, and the, one of the things that pissed me off was uh, when I had my stance, it was a two by, I wanted to switch it. They told me I couldn't put a 10 speed cassette on. So I ended up going with a Shramano one by nine and a half. It was a 10 speed Shimano shadow clutch derailleur. Okay. It was a nine speed 11 to 42 cassette. Um, and then a nine speed uh, SRAM XO shifter and uh, putting a six mil spacer on the cable um, was enough to make the spacing all work out perfectly. And I had a one by nine and a half. They did not want to do it though. And um, don't do this to your bike shop, but I kind of, I was in there all the time and I spent a lot of money in the bike shop. They told me once they have Southside used to have Christmas parties every year. And I went, I was like, so, can you, does that computer say how much money I spent in the last year? And they were, and they were like, yeah. I was like, how much? And they were like, $5,436. So I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, I should, that was not a year I bought a bike. Yeah. I bought my daughter's bike, all but not a bike for me. Yeah. And so it's like a couple. And all special order dollars. stuff that I had to wait a freaking week for instead of just ordering on Amazon with two-day delivery. Yeah, dude. But, or Jensen or whatever else. And I would there. take the time to yeah. go in the shop, talk with Chris, who now owns... Um, What's that? Uh, coffee shop, bike shop of his. Oh, back, bike shop cafe? No. Nope. No, nope. the one in the city off Cherokee. 
I have a brain injury. No offense. But yeah, Chris Green has a bike shop down there. That's awesome. Chris was always good to me at Southside. I'd bug him at least once a week. But I would come in and I would try, I would make sure every time I went in the bike shop, A, I would pick his brain as much as I could because I was trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And then B, I would always try to find something I could buy water bottles, t shirt, something, you know, cool, whatever. But do that. Go on. Market analysis, the shop is located in Eureka, Missouri, which is known as the City of Parks. Within four miles of the door, there are four of the area's most well-known trail networks. These trails include Greensfelder, Rock Hollow, West Tyson, and Route 66. Eureka is an outdoor-focused community and offers a host of outdoor recreation, which includes Six Flags, St. Louis, and Hidden Valley Ski Resort. The nearest bike shop in one direction is 19 miles away and 31 miles away in the opposite direction. Uh, Eureka is home to 12,000 residents with initial 1,000 household currently being built. Yeah, since then, that's probably turned into an additional two to 3,000, partially thanks to our mayor, who is also a home developer. Probably more than that. Yeah, and the the, like median home value here in Eureka is like 400,000, which for the Midwest is high. If you're watching this in California, um, then you're like, I wish I could buy a house for 400 grand, but that's a lot for us in the Midwest. Um, so that is a really nice kind of, um, area and it, we are surrounded by parks like that's Eureka's big pitch is all their parks and not only the parks with the mountain bike trails, there's other conservation lands around here. We have two rivers that, that meet here in Eureka. Um, we've got state parks, we got county parks. The city itself has 13 parks, just city parks with like playgrounds, racquetball, handball, volleyball, mm-hmm. sandball, any other ball you want to play with. I don't know. There's, Dodgeball, <laughs> soccer ball, hockey ball. I know they don't have any hockey ball. They should, because uh, Eureka's home to Cam Jansen, which is a uh, beloved St. Louis hockey player. Are you familiar with Cam Jansen? Nope. You're young, so maybe you missed his time Not playing. Really he was a bruiser. He didn't screw around. He just beat people up all the time. I'm in mountain bikes. I want to get him into mountain bike bikes. I went to school with uh, Patty Maroon. He was the year under us. I was friends with his brother, Justin. Okay. Um, so that was always my goal. I was like, oh, I got to try to get, because hockey players, a lot of guys who mountain bike also play hockey. It's that adrenaline thing. Okay. A lot of like police officers, firefighters, or mountain bikers, it's adrenaline. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyhow. Cool. Uh, let's see. Strategy and implementation. The mountain bike shed will capitalize on the under underserved market of cyclists in Eureka. The owner has formed key relationships with the Chamber of Commerce and business owners in the area. The boutique shops in downtown Eureka connect directly to Route 66 Park and will bring in new clients through a rental program organized at their location. The mountain bike shed also has alliances with local guides and trail builders to help organize community events. These events will strengthen the existing bike community, bringing increased awareness and sales at the shop. Uh, the shop will also use social media engagement to spread awareness. Yeah, so that was a big thing. We got involved with the chamber. Um, that's how we were able to meet everybody in the city and on our board of aldermen, the people who make decisions in the city for us. Um, and then we also got to meet the other business owners. Uh, we involved ourselves every event we could volunteer at, we were at every Thing that the chamber did we were at i mean that was all part of us getting ourselves involved invested in the community so that the community would invest back in us we didn't do those things the city would not have spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars on mountain bike trails and they would not have served as an example 
for the other millions of dollars it's been spent across the state since then. Yeah, so absolutely. super important. If you and I tell my daughter that all the time, biggest piece of advice I can give anybody, show the F up. I learned very early on. I was a foundation carpenter out of high school when I had Aubrey when she was born and got me a union job. <laughs> and uh I was a foundation carpenter, it was very hard work. But um, you know, the biggest thing is you just gotta show up. You know, whether it's if you think you can't do something, you think it's too hard, if you think it's not going to work, if you think this, if you think that, give a crap, just show up and eventually it'll work out as long as you keep showing up. That's all, literally all life is, is showing yeah. up, dude. Just get, you got to keep playing the game. That's all. But anyhow. Uh, yeah. And then. So, yeah, we did that with the city. I still love um, downtown Eureka. We are still working on getting a rental program going. Now that we're in the new location, we can. Uh, just bike supply shortage is kind of preventing me from doing that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will do that. And then, um, you know, at the time we we started hanging out with um, um, Guided Path Adventures, um, Wheels Up. Um, we started, we met them before we opened the shop. That was a key component um, to how I was going to make this shop work. Cause I had to grow mountain biking. If I didn't grow mountain biking, I was told by people, there was only 1500 people that mountain biked in St. Louis. We got 3 million people in St. Louis. And plus I wasn't worried about just St. Louis. I knew there was only one bike shop between me and Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> a whole state of underserved people. They got one shop to go. You got to pick a direction to go in and yeah. figure it out. Two shops. Sorry. There's two shops. My bad guys. Yeah. But yeah, two shops. So um, that was a big thing, but I knew we had to grow the community. And I'm like, I would try going to a race and it was really boring. And I didn't like, I felt like it was like kind of clicky. It's the Mumbai community is not like that, but I'm very antisocial. So it's, it's super awkward. But anyway, it wasn't fun. There wasn't like craziness happening. Now, like Matt Johnson's been a, done a great job of bringing the crazy. All the Missouri Enduro series are a huge fucking, or a huge yeah. party. Everybody's having fun um really awesome so yeah now that's changed too we went from these kind of laid back and uh you know just straight up races whatever to now we have these exciting things that people want to attend that people want to go watch that kids want to be involved in like it's awesome dude it worked out beautifully Uh, absolutely beautifully i couldn't have i couldn't have written it better in here hey guys we're close yep sorry you want to go lock the door i think we'll be right um champ you forgot to lock the door critters Sorry. got in I turn i turn off the open sign yeah dude grom's are always trying to get in we got the restaurant next door so they like to come in here and dream a little bit and gumballs yep so um yeah and there wasn't a bike shop here in the area so i thought people in eureka they were excited that they were getting a bike shop they could have cared less about mountain bike trails you know there's obviously a lot of mountain bikers especially now that live in eureka a lot of mountain bikers have moved to eureka mm-hmm. um because they've realized it's awesome um but they, these people just like wanted their bikes fixed yeah and not have to drive all the way into wildwood because eureka is a very like home area it's very kind of slowed down we have every we got mm-hmm. walmart we got fast food restaurants we got walgreens it's we very got QT. spread out though yeah and it's just it's like got quiet. a bit of a small town vibe yeah to it. yeah well and it's not even spread out everything's kind of on these same roads but yeah it's it's all kind of right here but they just wanted somebody to work on their bikes without having to go over to like even going on to manchester Oh, that's terrible. It's so much traffic. I get so stressed out if I drive up and down Manchester. I cannot stand it. Yeah. And that's like still in the county. You're not even talking about getting in the city and what you got to deal with up there, taking your bike and trying mm-hmm. to do it. So I love the idea. And the other reason to pick Eureka is I used to ride out of Greensfelder a lot. Chubb was my favorite trail. And I was coming from Jefferson County. So I would get halfway here, all the way out here and realize I didn't have my helmet. 
I uh, forgot my seat. I forgot my front wheel. I did whatever, but it was like half an hour. So I'm like, now it's half hour. Now I've lost an hour of riding and I didn't have that time. My daughter was still younger at the time. So I like, I was, you know, on a schedule. I always took my bike everywhere with me. Mm. I drove around to clients' houses. So I just scheduled jobs. Like if I scheduled a job in Maryland Heights, I knew to like give myself a four hour break because I knew I was going to go ride pre-core. So like stuff like that. But um, yeah, so it, it always aggravated or a chain would break. Something would happen when you're out here. There's no bike shops nearby. So, so if you need a shop near the trails, that's mm-hmm. where stuff goes wrong. Yeah. So like we need a place and that's one of the things I'm excited about. I haven't run, borrowed anybody a helmet in a long time. People are way more responsible than they were four years ago. They used to have in the first year we were open. Nah. I probably lent helmets out like six, seven times in the first year. I think people just avoid doing it. Feel what? free to do it. Yeah. I mean, be, I've let, I always carry extra helmets. Yeah. We'll let you borrow a seat. I don't care what you need. We'll yeah. figure it out. Get you out there on the trail, um, but yeah, anyhow, yeah, I think I've got like two spare helmets in my car, but yeah, we we made a conscious effort, and I knew from being involved with Gork because by that time I had been a, attending Gork meetings pretty regularly for about a year and a half, two years mm-hmm. before we opened the shop. So, um, I knew the community was a big part of it, I knew everybody who rode mountain bikes was awesome. Like, you know, I don't mean to like crap on the, the bike races too much and like pretend like you know now it's just awesome before it wasn't there were still awesome people there i just didn't know any of them yeah. um and it wasn't like people it's, didn't know to be open about it like because people weren't used to it being open lot. yeah now there's more people there more yeah. new people i think everybody who mountain bike kind of thought they knew everybody who mountain biked already mm-hmm. so when you came they were just like i don't know who this is yeah now you go on the trail and you see 20 people you've never met before i can't and that's why i don't mountain bike as much as i used to because i go out there and i see people and like i love seeing people and i love when people come in the shop and like it'll be people i don't see for a while mm-hmm. so like i'll go ride greensfelder and everybody who passed me is somebody i haven't seen in a couple of months so like i'm stoked to see them i'm stoked to catch up real quick but then it's like all right and i start riding and then boom another person i haven't Someone seen stops yeah and i'm like yeah. god dang so because i don't because <laughs> like i said i'm anti-social so i don't see people elsewise um but yeah anyhow hey, maybe we'll listen to this yeah, but no, and and so everybody, I knew everybody in the community was gr- great, and I knew we could use those people to grow the sport, and that's why the city bought in, because all the people in the community showed up to the events and mm-hmm. were awesome, supportive, and a great community. That's why um, uh, Big Mountain Enduro came to Shepherd was because everybody in the community showed up yeah. for the Chubb Enduro. Like, everybody in the community is why all this stuff actually happens, but, like, Somebody had to show everybody that. Maybe, yeah. you know? I show it's a thing. Yeah. I think last year the Chubbendura was sold out. This year, I don't think it was quite sold out, but it was very close. Yeah. But I think an issue with that it was there was another race in Arkansas that I think that was probably sold out. But Big Mountain Enduro had 400 spots for racers this yeah. year. And when I checked last two weeks ago, it was at 480, yeah, no, people 389. People are coming from around the country. I never yeah. would have imagined Shepherd Mountain and um, the Big Mountain Enduro. And it's so funny because like once I had like, the city was like, all right, we can do the bike park. That's when we threw our first fundraiser. And leading up to that, um, th- there was a lot of beef kind of going on the trails. People build in some uh, off, some rogue trails and a, a gentleman here that was kind of, young and loud, um, really ruffled a lot of feathers. So we kind of, I got everybody, I'm like, guys, 
we just please show up to a Gork meeting. So everybody, Dave and a lot of the Gork Gravity guys finally, and they knew all those guys were, and they've been to Gork meetings mm-hmm. before, obviously, but they hadn't been in years. And I'm like, guys, please show up to this. Like we were on the cusp of something awesome here. Yeah. And uh, so everybody comes and get, gets involved and they were like, ha good luck getting somebody to give you a hundred grand to build a trail in St. Louis. And uh, that was what set my fire. <laughs> I, you know, ben, or uh, not vengefulness or not revenge, but like spite is an awesome motivator at least for me <laughs> in success but um anyhow we announced uh gore gravity um when we had when we threw the fundraiser uh for the park uh, so we could pay for the designers to come and everything because the city was on board already yeah and then so that's when dave started helping me with uh the eureka mountain bike park uh, which was awesome and very key to getting things done but then he would always go down to ironton he was like i can't go to this i gotta meet i'm like dude what are you doing? Like, cause we would sit on the phone. We would get on the phone at 8 PM every single night for a year and a half and talk till two, three o'clock in the morning, just trying to figure out, okay, we've got this issue. How do we get them to do this? How do we get them to do that? Um, and then Dave would go and do this. I'm like, dude, we have so much to figure out. Why are you going yeah. down to Ironton? What the heck are they going to do? This is so silly, dude. And then yeah, and come to find out. Yeah, Ironton <laughs> has exploded. So cool down there. That's it's amazing. Political change the game itself and change the game, dude. Yeah. And we started the game, and then they, and then Shepherd Mountain opened. It was like, oh yeah, you guys want to play games? We're playing games in Missouri now. Yeah. And then because they did that, now like it was just an like nobody batted an eye at the jump trail jump line oh, yeah. at Bluffview. No way that could have got done four years ago. No yeah. way, dude. It's, and so it's still crazy. getting bigger. They're still building. Yeah, nobody there. cares, dude. Yeah. No, oh my god, dude. Yeah. I had too many conversations about liabilities and jumps and stuff for the longest time, but anyway, let's move on, let's keep rolling. Cool. Uh, management mountain bike shed will be managed by Adam Scott, the company's founder and sole owner. Uh, Adam has over 10 years' experience growing and managing small local business. Store Ambassador is on staff to attend and assist brand management and community involvement. The shed will employ a certified mechanic to handle bike builds, repairs, and upgrade installation. Yep. So had that art. Uh, art Wedler was my certified mechanic. Art gets a lot of credit for the mountain bike shed. Um, basically, I reached out to him. He was friends with my friend I met at the night ride. Okay. Um, and I was like, I need a bike mechanic. And she was like, Well, I just I got this friend that whatever. And I was like, Yeah. And I met Art a couple times at her house for like pool parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I I asked Art to come out. And uh, I told him what I was doing, and I was like, "I like it's your baby back there. Like, do it." And he did. He put everything together. He got all of our, uh, our parts ordered. You know, all of our backroom stuff. I mean, he we would. He was another person. We'd close at eight o'clock at night, and I'd spend four hours standing out back with him, just talking bike shop stuff. How to make a better bike shop? How to make it work? What people want? What people need? What we need to do? How we need to operate? Yeah. Um, art. It's insane i i i i we would still have them on mike shed and we would still be great even without him probably but i should I, I can't underscore enough how nice it was to have him and and you know how much our conversations molded and guided our ability to be able to get everything done that we did so our was key in that um he's a nurse now Hobie's traveling nurse. I haven't <laughs> seen him in a few months. It's been a little bit, uh, but yeah, we'll move on. So this is the fun stuff. So this is the financial aspect. How much? Cool. I wish I could see. 
we're probably close to being out. We're at an hour. Yeah. So let's hurry up and get through the rest of it. I may cut this video around a little bit. Well, should I may... we just come back to it on Thursday or something? No, let's keep going because I'll probably cut off the first 25 minutes. That's fair. And that way we can put this all together. So, yeah, uh, 1.6 financial plan, uh, the juice. Uh, the mountain bike shed anticipates $120,000 in sales in the first year and becoming cash flow positive within the first quarter. Uh, the company will accomplish this by remaining completely liability free. Low overhead and community based marketing will ensure margins stay high. Owner management will keep payroll expenses to a minimum. Yeah, keep an eye out for a future podcast on Christmas light installation business. Um, I had a, basically, I had saved up a nut of money. Um, that money then got all spent on bicycles uh, to open the shop. So um, our sales ended up being about twice that in the first year. Cool. Uh, funds required and use. Uh, Mountain Bike Shed is entirely owner financed to increase shop margins. Adam Scott has dedicated over $100,000 in capital to the shop. The owner has invested $17,000 in building renovations and shop setup. Another fifteen thousand was dedicated to parts and apparel. New bikes and rental fleet estimated at twenty-five thousand to thirty thousand dollars. Ten thousand into license, licensing, leasing, and insurance for the shop. The remaining funds will remain in the account for working capital. Yeah, I'd say that's all ended up being pretty close. Probably about twenty k um, in getting the shop set up originally. It's how much we probably spent here when we moved. Um, you know, parts and stuff. We probably end up spending closer to twenty-five thousand bikes closer to 50 um licensing and stuff and insurance didn't end up being that high but uh, by the time all was said and done uh it cost me about i'd say it was about one hundred forty thousand dollars deep into the shop by the time we opened and i paid for everything in the shop in cash wow. <laughs> i did not take credit on anything so that was my store but like i look back at pictures now and i wish i would have thought to put those on here but um yeah, the place just looks so empty. Um, but it was about 70 bikes, um, some Troy Lee stuff, about five grand worth of Troy Lee shoes, uh, two grand worth of Yakima bike racks, uh, $8,000 worth of park tools and stands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was super cool. It was it was so much fun to get to like buy everything. To, it was stressful um, because and it, luckily art was there to help me with a lot of the backroom stuff but mm -hmm. um yeah so much fun it was so cool um company and industry uh mountain bike shed is sales rental and repair shop specializing in mountain bikes uh the shop is nestled between the area's top trail networks uh the surrounding community of eureka is rich with outdoor recreation and tourism drawing from six flags st louis and hidden valley uh, the shop will be the only mountain bike specific shop in the region will carry brand specific to mountain biking that can not be found in other local bike shops like Chorley yep. and everything you've been saying. Yeah, it's so funny to read that now because now you can go into most shops. You're not going to find as big of a selection as you're going to find here. Yeah. But they have some mountain bike things. Yeah. So it's strange to be able to be like, what is he talking about? Like yeah. all the shops have it. You could not, I mean, it was all road stuff in every shop. Mm -hmm. It was so awkward. And like any shop I went into, like, I don't know, people, I, I didn't like the attitude of folks either, which I think we'll get yeah. into a little bit further on. But yeah, go ahead. Legal entity and ownership. Mountain Bike Shed is a limited liability company registered with the Missouri Secretary of State under the name of Mountain Bike Shed LLC. Uh, the company is solely owned by Adam Scott, lifelong bicycle advocate. 
it's pretty self-explanatory. Ooh, now we get to history. What did I have to say about myself four years ago? Uh, history. So Mountain Bike Shed is a new company being launched by Adam Scott. Adam began riding trails with his friends at a young age in the woods behind their subdivision. Uh, that love for mountain biking continued for the next 20 years. Um, the freedom and accomplishment biking has brought inspired Adam to share the sport with his local community. Adam began volunteering at a nonprofit bike shop building and repairing bikes for sale in the rental shop, a retail shop. After a career altering knee injury, rock climbing in 2016, Adam began realizing or Adam began dedicating his time and resources toward the local community and biking community. He quickly realized the community needed added excitement and availability to help introduce the sport to others in a situation, empowering individuals on a bike, whether through fitness, disability, or availability, inspired Adam to open the mountain bike shed. Yeah, and that was always key. Like even in my pest control business, I had an aspect of it to where it was a charity part, to where if anybody reached out, if you like were from a church or a social worker or anybody kind of that worked with low-income families, if you called me and said, hey, we have a family that needs services, whether it's roaches, bed bugs, ants, blah, 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 we would come and perform a free service. So originally, my plan would be able to come in. So every day, I'm going to do at least one free job for somebody because it was really important to me in opening the pest control company. That was one of the things, too. I felt like everybody was getting overcharged by some of these bigger companies in the area, like mm -hmm. the Rattlers and the Blue Chips. Yeah. And I was like, that's unfair. These people are in such a bad situation. It doesn't cost that much to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it at a better price. I'm going to do a better job. I'm going to know more. I went to college. I ended up going to college. I studied zoology and chemistry, got my background, love pest control, did it for a very long time, had the knee injury. It was hard for me to get in the tight places I need. And I don't know if everybody can see this little scar on my forehead. That was the last day I did pest mm -hmm. control. I was in a commercial kitchen. I was bent down. I went to stand up. And my knee just was, you know, weird from being bent down. And it kind of went a little bit and it's just enough for my head to hit a corner and it foreheads bleed like crazy so just gush blood all over the kitchen i was like i'm done friggin done um but anyway yeah it was a big thing and when i started mountain biking it really helped and it's funny now that i'm recovering from my head injury and all that every doctor the advice is to ride my mountain bike yeah i was like oh no wonder why i like doing this so <laughs> much but um yeah so really cool and i wanted to get other people into it that's still obviously my number one goal and I, I really felt, you know, after those injuries and come to find out, like when I broke my leg, probably got a head injury when that happened too, but nobody like, you know, I have a little scar here from that and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, it was important to me to kind of get back and do something meaningful with my life. And that was kind of the goal here. And, you know, I've left my mark. All right. Facilities and location, Mountain Bike Shed is located in Eureka, Missouri, known as the City of Parks. There are four of the area's most well-maintained single-track trail networks within four miles of the shop. The shop operates a 1,400-square-foot space. A service area maintains 400 square foot with 1,000 square feet dedicated to retail sales. A low lease rate under $1 per foot has been negotiated over a five-year term. Slight Yearly increases are maintained with a guarantee under $1.25 per foot over a 10-year period. Yep. So that was the old shop. Uh, we still get the same thing. We're in twice the space now. I managed to fill it up just saying. But that's when people from out of town come in, they're like, holy crap, I've never seen so much mountain bike crap yeah. shoved into one place. So, um, yeah, if, you, if you're rolling through the area, stop by. I see we have a ton of stuff. Um, we're double the size now. 
Um, and we, like I said, it was a five-year term. I actually wrote in the three-year early out because I knew at that at three years, I was either going to be going out of business or I needed a bigger spot. Um, I wanted to do that so I didn't have to worry about bills. And I could, I knew I would be giving a lot of stuff away and giving a lot of my time away in those first couple of years to get the bike parked on. So I wanted to have a really small spot um, to where I just knew, I knew my Christmas light business, the two months a year that I operate that business was enough to pay all the bills for the bike shop all year. Mm -hmm. So I knew even if I didn't sell a single friggin' thing, I could at least keep my doors open based on uh, my Christmas light business. It's been awfully handy. Not so much to keep doors open, but because I have a, I like to buy bikes and they make you, you, you like, we actually have to buy them. Like no one just like gives us these bikes. And when you buy it, like we pay Trek for them. Like Trek says, you want that bike? We want your money. So I have to buy, I have bought all 70 full suspension bikes that are in my shop. Those are bought and paid for. So until you guys come and buy them, then I own 70 bikes. I don't want to hear about how a one $4,000 bike is too expensive because it's dope. And I wouldn't have ordered it if I didn't think that you needed it. <laughs> hey, we got the, the my bike's 4,000 9.9 over there too. That's 12,000. That's not for me. Um, if I was a very rich man that did not own a bike shop and owned a more profitable business, then I would own <laughs> that bike. So yeah, I would love to own that bike. I'm going to be super stoked for whoever buys it. And I'm sure he's got other cool shit I'm going to be drooling over. Probably. Yeah, or Plus her. Him or really tall her. That's a very tall her. Yeah, it's a very tall her. So large. 99 slash. Come and get it. Collectors. I'll drive it to anybody anywhere in the United States. Yeah. I've opened that up. Except for like the Northwest. I don't want to go there. That'd be good. Northwest. I don't even want to go to California at all. I'll drive it. Any That's like the best riding there is, though. I know. So, okay, we'll do the Northwest too. It's fine. You can go with like, me. Yeah. Uh, I feel like so, I was the one who said that first. And we'll ride on the train. <laughs> we'll ride. Drive. We'll ride your motorcycle out, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We'll two up. Oh, yeah. That's the butt. And I'll hold the bike. I'll hold it. Okay. <laughs> All right. We should continue. Uh, <laughs> key assets. Yep. Yeah. The company will maintain top of the line inventory of bikes, parts, and apparel. Other assets include tools, cash, register, iPads, retail displays, and signage. Commitment to the local community and the relationships built will prove to be the most valuable components of the mountain bike shed. Yep, that was very true, and that's why um, we do this podcast now. Yeah. It's I don't really have the ability to be out and about like I used to. Um, so my way of continuing to get to talk with you guys and stay connected and keep you informed about what's happening. So that was like one of the key things. Like I went to all these events and stuff, but I didn't just go to these events and hang out. Yeah. I had a very specific plan. I had a five-step plan for the area on how we were going to get everything done. And we're on about step three of that right now. We'll get to four and five eventually here. Those things are all happening. Thanks to a lot of other great people. Um, but yeah, no, I would go to every single event and I would talk to everybody that I would do my research on who everybody was. I would go up and talk to them. I would tell them, hey, I'm Adam. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I see, you know, Eureka being and how we get there. You know, here's what we're doing next. Come out to it, you know, or whatever. So, um, yeah, that was that was key. And and now I I do the podcast um, as my way of, of reaching everybody. Uh, in that same way. So. Yeah. Cool. Products or services and product description. Uh, the mountain bike shed will generate re revenues in three directions. Uh, retail sales will come from the sales of new bikes and components. 
Uh, bikes carried will be focused in the following disciplines, mountain biking, gravel biking, kids bikes, and e-bikes. Uh, the shop will also carry a wide range of mountain bike specific apparel and accessories that are hard to find at other local stores, such as flat pedal and shoes, enduro helmets, saddles, grips, bar, baggy riding shorts. Um, certified mechanics will assist in bike builds, repairs, and installation of new parts. Warranty repairs, along with simple repairs, will also be rendered. Uh, bike rental will also bring revenue to the shop. Uh, the prime location allows for easy delivery and pickup bites, bikes at local trailheads uh, for those unable to haul bikes. This will increase usage on our local trail networks as well as generate traffic into our store. Uh, we have worked out strategic partnerships with the local restaurants and two station rental bikes to give clients direct access to our Route 66 park. Yep. And now we can do that from the store. So that'll be nice. And we hope to start that here soon. So, cool. um, yeah. And then, um, you know, as far as that goes, again, this is back four years ago. Nobody had any of this stuff in their shop. They weren't talking about it. They said nobody wanted it. Um, I used to buy my cycling short, my baggy cycling shorts at Sports Authority. Yeah. That used to be a store. It's not anymore. Um, they were yeah, crappy. I still have them. Like the chammy was like sewn to the short um and it, 2017 2018 was a great time for mountain biking a lot of things got flat pedals got really good yeah. bike geometry change got really good drive trains got good clothing got good everything started getting good 2017 2018 and that's really why i opened the shop because like think i saw all these things happening i'm like shit's going yeah. like i'm gonna miss it if i don't jump right now i'm gonna miss this boat somebody else is gonna do it yeah so i jumped yeah that was the best decision i ever made <laughs> Yep, moving on. Features and benefits. By shopping at the Mountain Bike Shed, customers are able to participate in community geared or in a community geared towards their riding and mindset not found in other road-centric bike shops in the area. It will give them the opportunity to see, touch, and play with the components that are previously were only found on online or vendor vendor catalogs. Our focus on mountain bikes with being an in-depth Product knowledge other shops do not have. Uh, the shop will also feature a 65-inch Holter high-def TV and sitting areas <laughs> to give mountain bikers a place to relax and talk bikes. Uh, shopping at the Mountain Bike Shed is about joining a community rather than simply being a customer. Yeah, I think that's a key thing. Whenever I hire anybody here, I let people know that. Like, hey, just talk to people. Like just talk to them like they're your friend yeah. and it's easy for us to because mountain bikers are like that anyway you run into another mountain biker yeah. they're going to talk to you like they're your friend anyway so um that's what happens here um yeah everybody's got an ultra high def tv now four years ago that was a pretty big deal i was pretty happy with that 65 inches it is 65, 65 inches. inches that's a lot of inches yeah and we did play but we do play mountain bike stuff on there a lot i've currently got it unplugged because i've been moving things but you know, we'll get that rolling again. You guys can come in and watch the, the two. We used to have a couch, a circle couch. Got rid of that. That was a bad idea. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and that was the thing. Like, I wanted, I didn't feel welcome when I walked into other bike shops. Um, I felt like people just didn't want to deal with me or didn't. It, was, it wasn't a very good feeling. Um, and one thing I learned in pest control and in sales and home sales is you have to be really personal. You have to connect with people. You're going to be in their home. I'm walking through their bedrooms. I'm mm -hmm. opening their closets. I'm looking under their bed spraying. So you like everything about them. 
so yeah, it was really important to establish a connection with people. And then I realized that was super rewarding because you're getting to know all these people, you know, you're, they're telling you their problems, you're solving them, you know, in the bike shop, they're excited about something you're telling them how to do it, you know, so it's the same kind of vibe. Um, and I knew that would be what happened to shop. And I, that's how I thought a bike shop should be where everybody like, and I do feel like that every time you sell somebody in a mountain bike, I'm like, hell yeah. Now we got like a new friend, new somebody yeah. who's going to come in and like tell us about, you know, whatever new part they got or however their last ride went or yeah. something silly. So it's really fun to be able to do. It's cool. Competitive advantage. Oh, wait, no. No, we. Oh, we skipped the competition. Competition. Direct Ooh. competition in Eureka is non-existent. Pow, pow. The nearest bike shop is 19 miles in one direction, 31 miles in the other direction. Offerings at bike shops in the greater St. Louis area, cater to road and commuter bikes. The shop will be the first mountain bike specific shop in the area. Indirect com competition is also limited in Eureka. The nearest wa retailer is Walmart. Offerings at Walmart are cheap and not trail ready. Apparel and protection sold at Walmart is also very minimal and ineffective. Yeah, you buy a bike at Walmart, you're not going to like biking. So these kids don't think they like yeah. bikes because they got a junky bike from Walmart. I think, of course not. Or your wife doesn't like it because she's riding a junky bike. Or you don't like it because you're riding a junky bike. Yeah. A buddy of mine, uh, part of JC Fat Bikes now, JC Mountain Boards. <laughs> um, but they, <laughs> uh, the first ride Jason went on, he's this big, huge buff guy, super nice fella. Um, back before I knew him. <clears throat> but he went and rode at Chubb on a Walmart bike. Ooh, yeah didn't make it very nice. far immediately he regrets doing it now it's not a responsible thing to do but he threw the bike into the merrimack river and got walked back to his car he eventually got a farley a fat bike farley full suspension farley 27 yeah. by plus or 27 by fat bike so mm -hmm. he sold it i i think he helped sell it no our buddy cory has it now cory has it but anyway, you know we'll move on that's not important um, competitive advantage, but yeah, uh, they were all road and commuter bikes around here. Now everybody wants to pretend they're a mountain bike shop, but hey, they try. <laughs> the mountain bike shed has many competitive advantages by being a mountain bike specific shop. Other shops dedicate their resources and knowledge to road and commuter bikes. Uh, the community of road bikers is not very inclusive and alienates many potential customers that walk in the door. Uh, the fun, exciting, inclusive nature of mountain bikers and other outdoor enthusiasts create a pleasant and welcoming, welcoming environment. Uh, the culture of mountain biking is about getting out in nature, having fun, and being with old friends and new. Uh, this type of community will translate through the doors of mountain bike shed. I think that sums it up. That should probably be like, man, we should probably print that out and put that somewhere. Just a little reminder. And that's exactly, I mean, yeah, not the I mean, first half of it, but who mountain bikers are. They are awesome people. That's why communities invest in them. That's why I love coming to work every day. Um, I just get to deal with the coolest people ever. I would never want to work at like a Walmart or with general population that would. So if you're looking at opening a business, maybe pick a niche with people that you like in it. Pick something that people want to be there for. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I always think about like the piece of it is people are like, find your passion and then do that. And it's like, yeah. don't. I, my passion was mountain biking. I did that, and then now I don't ride my mountain bike anymore because yeah. it's so in here, you know. I'm getting back to mountain biking, and then mm -hmm. it is so funny because I, since my injury, it, I took about a year off bike, and now that I've, like, rode my bike, and I was like, oh, yeah, now I know why I love this so much, and now I know why it was so important that I did it all the time. Yeah. But, you know, well, awesome. I digress. Development. 
In the long run, the mountain bike shed intends to include other forms of outdoor recreation into the store, including hiking, running, and snow sports. Other options for expansion are opening an electric bike-specific or road bike-specific shop with similar principles of inclusiveness and fun. Yeah, I actually just sold ebikeshed.com online for $1,300. I had registered that at the time, so I randomly bought that. Um, but yeah, and that's what we had to do. I did notice, and we'll get in that in the SWOT analysis as we move down further, but I realized that as I made mountain biking more popular, that other shops would then begin to carry more mountain bikes in their store, more mountain bike gear. I would lose sales that way. So I would then have to diversify my offerings to other things. We ended up going with electric skateboards and disc golf. Um, I would still love to kind of get into snow maybe eventually. That's a hard one. It's such a big category to really do right. And I don't, yeah. I don't half-ass things. Like I don't bring in one color grip. I bring in, or one grip. I bring in every color and every size that they sell of it, or I don't want it at all. Because I don't want somebody going, do you have this? I'm like, no, I don't have that color. I feel like St. Louis would be a difficult area to get into snow sports, too. Yeah, there's not, there's not small really. season. We got Hidden Valley. And... Yeah. So, and I don't do snow sports. So it, that's hard one for me to be yeah. able to buy products for because I don't know what's good and what's yeah, not. I can't be excited about it. If um, you don't do but it. I do electric mountain board. I do love that. We don't sell electric mountain boards, but we do sell one wheels and other Ooh. electric skateboards that are fun. Yeah, we've got a couple with the bigger shredded tires but not too many yeah the disc golf's cool i mean these are niches that have similar people and that was the idea in order to grow mountain biking we need to find other people like doing things outdoors Simple and then people. have them see a bike and be like that looks dope and be like yeah ride one and then they ride it be like this is dope <laughs> yeah so you know that was a big thing in marin county when they started um you know the first kind of started selling the first mountain bikes they kind of said like yeah we you know made mountain bikes because we thought they were cool we sold mountain bikes because we thought other people would think they were cool too um and they were right now it's a huge sport yeah. so um same thing here i thought mountain bikes were cool and if i could just get people to know that it was a thing here in st louis um, that they would also think it's cool all right target market the mountain bike sheds target market consists of the local community the existing bike community and other outdoor enthusiasts Primarily, these markets are saturated by upper and middle class families with a household income of $75,000 plus. Self-identifying as the city of parks makes Eureka a unique market. The typical population segment for mountain bikers is males between 25 and 55 years old. An increasing market share with female riders has also been seen in recent years backed by industry-specific product matrices. So that's partially right. Um, I'd say our household income is definitely way higher now. I don't think you could afford to live in Eureka at 75, um, or at least not support a family. Um, yeah, we do have a ton of parks here, which is really neat. There's a lot of green space. Um, and then, yeah, our, our, our market is 25 to 55 year olds on every, on Facebook, on podcasts, on YouTube, on everywhere where I get analytics, our audience is 98% males from 25 to 55. That's who we're talking to. So, you know, a lot of times I, and I try to talk to those people as much as possible. I know some ladies listen and I know um, obviously we have older guys, but I feel like the guys who ride mountain bikes, that listen to this podcast, if they're over 55, they act like they're under 55 anyway. Yeah. They usually look like they're under they 55. Are all, they are <laughs> typically pretty handsome. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Room take. <laughs> that's what you said you said they look good we throw me under the bus champ i was saying that they don't look 55 i didn't say they look you good. said they look good i did not say they look good they look good for the range you're the one who... 
all right. <laughs> Market size. Uh, the city of Eureka has a total population of 11,565 residents, of which 68% are over the age of 21. Regional area consists of 122,000 residents. During summer, increased traffic flows are seen due to the attractions such as Six Flags St. Louis, bringing people in from the entire region, increasing the shop's reach. Now, that ended up not being true. I mean, it is true, but those people don't go anywhere in town. Six Flags does bring a lot of people in here. When they spend money there, they generate sales tax dollars for the city, which is awesome, helps pay for our parks. But those people, once they leave Six Flags, get on the highway and go back to where they came yeah. from. That's the beauty of the mountain bikers. When they come, they come here, they eat, they spend time, they spend money. They spend they a couple out. days here. They buy a house. You know, yeah. and I mean, a lot of mountain bikers move here in Wildwood. Uh, it's pretty common. Eureka's a little bit cheaper. Um, we have great like block parties, a couple of them every year. They'll set, they got a big concert stage that they pull out. The whole town comes out and it's mostly, again, 25 to 55 year olds, young families. Um, so just really cool vibe. Everybody's super friendly out here. So if you're coming in town to visit, if you see there's a block party or something, go park your car, walk up. People will say hello to you. I mean, people are so friendly. It's so crazy. People will say hello to you and then ask you if you need a drink, you know, or <laughs> they're, they're really cool, really fun people, really laid back. And, um, I just love the people that live here in Eureka. They're awesome. So market trends. Population in the city of Eureka on the uptick or is on the uptick with over 1,000 homes in development currently. The area has seen development recently as areas further in St. Louis has, has become overcrowded. Uh, the mountain bike segment has also seen significant growth while other segments such as road bikes has seen a decline. Increased road traffic has pushed riders off the roads and onto the trails. Yeah. So mountain bikes at the time were growing at a rate of 25% per year while everything else was declining. Everything's not declining anymore, but mountain bikes are still leading the pack as far as the biggest growth segment in cycling. So um, it is definitely the place to invest. And it's a little bit easier for people to get into mountain biking. You don't have to put on the weird outfits. <laughs> you don't have to be out on the street. You can disappear in the woods where nobody can see you and you can just wear regular clothes and tennis shoes. Yeah. I recommend getting mountain bike shoes right away. Bye. You Mountain could, shoes and pedals. Yeah, you could wear tennis shoes. Or bands. Yeah. Flat shoes. Um, so, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's a thing. And that's why we do that. So, all right, SWOT analysis. Strengths. Only mountain bike specific shop. Laid back atmosphere. Products in stock for segment. Close to four well-maintained trails. Low overhead. Passionate. Fun ownership. Community involvements. I'm so fun. Uh, weakness. Not established in region. Small retail space, lack of multi-use bikes, outside city limits, uh, limited brands. Uh, opportunity, fresh approach to stagnant industry, increase excitement at local cycling events, provide welcoming shop environment, introduce new riders from outside activities, local school seminars, and threats, trails being restricted use, other shop stocking more mountain bike specific brands, poor riding conditions, city not implementing or implanting new trail networks yeah dude i feel like i i walked into opening this shot with my eyes wide open um definitely the strengths were strengths for a very long time we still go at the game the same way our weaknesses definitely were that um, but end up not being a big deal i'd say about 80 percent of our bike sales are mountain bikes um, yeah. so that seems to be working out all right for us um yeah uh, plenty of opportunities we definitely capitalized on those and made things happen 
Um, and now everybody else is kind of grabbed the reins and taking it to the next friggin' level, which is so awesome, better than I ever would have imagined. Um, and those people were always working on these things. It just, everything got to kind of get meshed together once we had, mm-hmm. you know, a shop called the mountain bike shed. And that was a thing and people could not deny it was a thing. <laughs> like, dude, that was the biggest, everybody, like I watched the dirt shed a lot, uh, yeah. GMBN okay. when I was hurt. I watched them every day. It got me yeah. through my injuries. I was like, this is awesome. And that and the Tour de France. <laughs> but uh, GMBM was my favorite. And uh, that's why my bike shed, the dirt shed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody was like, just call it the bike shed. So you're pigeonholing yourself. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Bikes. I want, like, the whole point, and the whole point really was let Hidden Molly know mountain biking was a thing. Yeah. So I was like, if I if Hidden Molly's ever going to do mountain bike trails, like, we need to establish a mountain biking is a thing in Eureka. Mm-hmm. So we're the mountain bike shed. For Hidden Valley. So that's all for you guys, Hidden Valley. Also, as I just be the bike shed, and I probably would have sold a lot more bikes. Yeah. <laughs> but and you lose the uh, the community. But yeah, and we aspects. definitely do see other shops picking up more mountain bike stuff, which is, it definitely takes away from those kind of sales we used to pull um, originally. So um, we do some different things now. It's great to see, and, and ultimately, um, with it's great that other shops are starting to carry more mountain bike stuff. Truck uh, picked up boxes, one of their vendors. They're going to have box gear in a lot of different uh, truck stores, not truck corporate stores, but uh, mm-hmm. truck dealers. Um, so that's only really great to see. The more people see this stuff, uh, the more apt they are to buy it. The more apt they're going to go from their cruiser or fitness bike and be like, why do you guys have these like crazy helmets and these knee pads? What the heck is this? We have trails around here, you know, and then people get into it. So it's great that everybody else is picking up on it, but it's it's forced us to kind of have to evolve to our other sports, like the um, the electric skateboards, like the disc golf. Um, I want to get some paddling stuff in here at some point. Um, we got some dog stuff that's not doing so hot, but uh, <laughs> <coughs> you know, I digress. A lot of that was is an investment. We did get new folks in here, so. Um, we may not have sold a lot of those items per se, but we did meet a lot of new people for sure. So that was good. And you tried. Yeah. So implementation and strategy. We're almost there. We got what we're, oh, we got one and a half more pages. Like that. Yeah. Philosophy uh, Mountain Bike Shed will be the hub of the mountain bike community in the St. Louis area. The shop will be, the shop will accomplish by outfitting riders with high quality mountain bike specific gear. Uh, mountain bike shed will also be a welcoming space for new riders to see ride and enjoy mountain biking uh, by providing rental gear and insight Uh, the mission of the shop is to create an atmosphere that is comforting fun and informative people walking through the door will not just be a customer but uh, an intricate part of the community as well yeah so people i'm sure see my facebook ads all the time instagram ads they're awesome they're great i have a whole team of people that i work with to make sure that all comes out as beautifully as it does they're really great i'm not going to say who they are because they are my secret weapon you can if you know how to use facebook figure it out um but if you're a bike shop in a greater st louis area they will not talk to you um unlike some vendors that is one that has a signed contract that uh, they will not work with um, any of my competitors. So, um, and that was something, and I, I caught a lot of heat for that. Um, Troy Lee was one of those brands where, um, you know, that was a very specific strategy I utilized using Troy Lee because I wanted to outfit everybody in Troy Lee so they kind of see that. And it just represented mountain biking and modern mountain biking. And so I pumped that in front of everybody. We paid a lot of money to build that brand up here in St. Louis. 
That was our main go-to brand for the longest time. Every picture I took, there was something Troy Lee in it. We pushed Troy Lee. It made people sick how much we pushed Troy Lee. Yeah. But it worked out great. We sold a ton of crap for them. Yeah. Um, we were able to grow the community with some really great gear, um, really get people comfortable and used to using that stuff. Like you said, it, it definitely annoyed some people that the CS do that so yeah. much. But they everyone has to understand, like, this was all very, you know, or like even before we opened the park, like, a lot of people were sick of hearing about the bike park. And it was like, you have to understand like what we're doing here is we're building awareness and that's how we get more stuff done in this mm -hmm. community. That's how we get cooler races. That's how we get more parks built. I, someone's got to be on top of the hill screaming, Hey, we're in the woods. Cause you guys are just in the woods. No one knows you're out there. Um, so, and that's always been my goal. And I invest, I mean, I spend about seven grand a month on marketing specifically on mountain biking in the St. Louis area from all across the state and it's to get in front of people, you know, and it's to help grow our sport. And so if you're seeing it, interact with the ads, have fun. We keep them fresh for you. It's not like it's the same stuff, you know, all year long. Um, we try to keep it relevant, keep it interesting. Um, you know, so that's why we do that. I hope we don't bother you. It's how we make money. It's what makes us able to continue operating and doing what we do. So, um, and you'll see, I, uh, I post at least once to three times a day, thanks to Gary B's advice. <laughs> so, all right. I have no no NFTs though. Not yet. Mm -mm. Uh, the mountain bike shed will offer limited products for purchase online. However, the online store will simply be a showcase for products consumer can uh, for products consumers can then enter the store to pick up, touch, and purchase. Social media will be the driving force behind brand recognition and growth. Uh, programs will be offered to incentivize the customer to re to purchase on social media platforms. Um, Cross-promoting with other businesses in the same market will also drive online presence and growth. And that's, you know, working out with Wheels Up, um, things along those lines, um, you know. Uh, we did some things with Brookdale Farms. They do, uh, they have floating down the Merrimack River here okay. in town. Um, we work, KOA helped us out big time. Um, so I try to work with them and everybody will see, again, it kind of annoys people sometimes, but I'm to, constantly or... calling out the businesses here in town. Anytime they do anything, um, anytime I have any interaction with them, I try to make a post. Today I did like chill nutrition. Because uh, I went up there and grabbed me a vitamin mixer thing. Uh, Java, Java mints. Java mint. Heck yeah. Is it a smoothie? Um, yeah, it's like a protein shake smoothie thing. But they're cool. They're nice. They just got here. So I try to help them out a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, and I guess this has got some specific names. We ended up not using some of these. So we'll just read it anyway. It's cool. All right. Uh, marketing strategy. An aggressive marketing strategy will be in in both the local and online communities. The shop will participate in local community events organized by the Chamber of Commerce. Partnering with local businesses for these events will help spread the shop awareness uh, to those cus customers that may be outside of the typical customer base. Uh, trail advocacy groups such as Gateway Offered Cyclists, Gork, uh, will also be utilized to introduce potential clients. Social media will serve as our most vital strategy in growing market share. Low acquisition costs and high visibility on social media makes us the cheapest and most effective tool. Yeah. And we've done like, you know, I've, you know, we've got like a local outdoor magazine here. 
I've advertised in it like three or four times, kind of throw the guy a bone. But like, if you're opening up a business, uh, uh, any business, you have, do not spend any advertising dollars on anything except for Facebook and Instagram. And maybe like we do Google ads a little bit too, but um, yeah, Facebook and Instagram, again, know what you're doing. If you just start running Facebook and Instagram ads or having some idiot at your shop do it mm -hmm. that doesn't know what he's doing, you're going to waste an insane amount of money and it's going to look good for the first two weeks. And then you're going to start spending a bunch of money and you're not going to get the reach or it's not going to have the numbers aren't going to back up to sales. Like we track everybody from when they saw our ads to when they purchased in my shop. And I have reference on all those numbers. So like, I know what works and what doesn't work. Like I said, I have an entire team of people dedicated to my social media presence. That isn't an accident. That is not cheap. That is, you know, and you can watch YouTube videos. If you want to make yourself a master on making a Facebook ad, do that, or you're going to just blow your money, but do that. And then, you know, my service business, we used to purchase, um, uh, leads, which was really fun. We obviously don't do that in the bike industry, but that would be cool. cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, strategic alliances, uh, bicycle manufacturers such as Giant, Evil, Yeti, and other competitive brands will be key to success. Uh, which currently you have Marin and Trek. Trek is it just Trek now? Yeah, no, okay. Trek, just Trek, Mondraker, Mondraker. <laughs> Um, suppliers such as quality bicycle products will supply parts and accessories. Uh, Eureka Chamber of Commerce and the city of Eureka will provide awareness and bike friendly paths. They sure did. I did not think the city of Eureka before I opened my shop was going to be who had built the park. My plan was to become uh, steward of Chubb, which we developed a, a master plan for. Mm -hmm. And my plan was to kind of do some like little skill sections on the bottom of Chubb, like where headquarters is for the Enduro, yep. start there just like little jump lines and stuff, just get people warmed up. Mm -hmm. And then we were going to build trails out there. I, and, and then that's where like with West coming in, like changed the game completely because then I was like, oh, the city will do this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it worked. And it snowballed. Yeah. Uh, Gateway Off-Road Cyclists, Gork, and the St. Louis County Parks will develop additional trail networks, which they have. Mm -hmm. And the city has also the built their bike-friendly passes and the paved paths, which is what I was talking about. And they did build more of those, which we use for our Taco Tuesday rides. Mm -hmm. uh, guiding companies will help to train new riders and lead group ride events. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a big thing. Um, we still use it now. I mean, that's like wheels up. Um, we've got three young men that um, one of them just got his paid gig here, but we have volunteers. Um, but we do try to bring in riders from wheels up, which is a training thing they train young men and then we hire them yeah. or women um and then uh nika as well is another place those kids the reason why we hire them a they're passionate about bikes b they learn morals and they're just good kids yeah. i've not met a bad kid at nika or wheels up yeah so if you want your kid to not be a brat get him to ride a mountain bike <laughs> that's the thing about all of it it's not even about like biking i mean it is about biking but it's morals and like actually teaching useful stuff yeah like, and not on. giving up and pushing to the end and yeah. how good that it's feels to stuff. like push through things and succeed and, and general respect for other people mm -hmm. and help you know being there helping your fellow rider learning you know? how to ask for help mm -hmm. yep all those things have to happen out on the trail but yeah let's continue operations operations of mountain bike shed will be led by adam scott he will oversee daily transactions as well as inventory levels, marketing, bulk sales, rentals, and other miscellaneous duties. 
Other staff member will be responsible for event attendance and store sales and mechanic mechanical repairs in the workshop. The store will be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, cool. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I need to find um, a new person responsible for event attendance on my behalf because <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> uh, cool. Goals. Uh, providing fun, inviting atmosphere for all levels of riders. Uh, achieve $120,000 in sales in the first year. Provide value to community through fitness and safety. Offer underserved market of mountain rider mountain bikers such or much needed much local, needed product, local lines. product lines and check check okay. check check accomplished all my goals mountain riders just this month <laughs> we, we serve mountain riders just this month yeah that, no and that's great and that's you know I, I think down below we end up getting on the last pages when we'll get into actual financials um so i'll save it for that one kind of where things have gone yeah. and where we thought they would so yeah management cool Mountain Bike Shed is managed by its owner, Adam Scott. Adam is a lifelong mountain bike enthusiast and advocate in the community. He will draw on his years of service in the retail and sales space to grow the shop into a lean, profitable retail location. Yeah, Gene. Lean, money-making machine. I did not say that. I said profitable. I did not say lean, money-making machine, specifically because I knew it was not going to. I was just hoping for profitable. I was hoping not to lose money. Which I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> so into the money stuff. Uh, with fixed monthly expenses equaling $4,500 and a combined average margin of 62.5. Oh, you skipped something. Did I? Yeah. I skipped. What? Oh, I did. It's probably on the back of this. Oh, there we go. You're going to cheat personal the folks the needs. good stuff. You're going to cheat the folks out of my personal needs that had to go into my personal business plan. Needs. I need a dope bike. Do <laughs> I need new gloves like every two weeks. You got that. <laughs> I need every jersey I sell. <laughs> you get a Red Bull every day now. <laughs> I do get a Red Bull every day. Two, actually. That's your second today, isn't it? No, the other one was here from yesterday. Oh, that's kind of gross. I wasn't drinking it. <laughs> All right. What are my personal needs? The shop will employ a full-time certified mechanic to handle bike builds, repairs, and upgrade insulation. One to two part-time sales reps will be hired from the local community in summer months to cover increased traffic. A marketing specialist is contracted to handle community events and personal relations to grow shop awareness and customer flow. Yep. Four years later, that's exactly what the what we do. Still doing it. Yep. Advisors. The company receives advice from many personal and professional resources. The Chamber of Commerce allows the shop to interact with other local businesses to identify strengths and weaknesses in the community, along with planning of community-driven events. Professional in the bike industry, such as guides and suppliers, will provide the shop with the knowledge and incite the rider preferences. Account reps from the house brands will also provide insight to market trends. The Mountain Bike Shed is a, a member of the National Bike Dealers Association, connecting the shop with thousands of other independent bicycle dealers across the country. Yeah, and that has been huge. My reps, my part reps, Jay kind of started that, and that's why that's in the business plan, because I already had that meeting with Jay, and I was like, oh, this is a huge resource. Um, and then, yeah, all my reps have been really awesome in helping out, and they all the reps, their job essentially is to come into shops and make sure that that shop 
is running as efficiently as possible. The better the shop runs, the more product they buy, the more they make. So they're interested in your shop running well. So be careful. I have a big mouth. I obviously, uh, <laughs> I can't, I cannot lie and I cannot like keep things to myself. So I open my mouth way too much. I probably gave away way too much information. I still do to this day, even knowing I shouldn't be doing it. I'll, like I'll be talking to a rep and like, why yes. am I telling them this? <laughs> but um, yeah, so maybe don't give everybody your secrets false all the time. But if you do just constantly be innovating and that's where I kind of, I, I fall back to me as, you know, like yeah, I'll always come up with new ideas. I'll always, my head's always running on like, like I'm thinking about doing like a crit race and like a crit mountain race and a crit route 66 race. Cause they can both, they're both right here. Like yeah. I'm always thinking about different things or different business plans. You guys have mm -hmm. to hear about all the time. Um, but yeah, we're always running through that stuff. I'm always thinking of new innovative ways to grow the shop, get more people to, to go outside um, you know, it's always on my head. So, yep. All right. Now we're into the financial part. All right. Requirements. The mountain bike shed will require $67,000 to successfully open with acquired inventory and improvements. Adam Scott has invested over a hundred thousand dollars of personal money into the company. That went up by the time all was said and done. <laughs> that was before I had bought any bikes. <laughs> oh I, those were all guesses before I had bought anything. Yeah. Before anybody would sell me anything. So well, I had bought some Yakima stuff at that point for $2,500. Right. Use of funds. Mountain Bike Shed is entirely owner financed to increase shop margins. Adam Scott has dedicated over $100,000 in capital to, into the shop. The owner has invested $17,000 in building renovations and shop setup. So we can skip the rest of that because we've already read yeah, that. Already. Um, yeah, we know those numbers are a little bit off. But, um, you know, and the fact was is I would not have been comfortable opening retail store if I would have had to take out a loan to do it. I wanted to know I had that money and I was completely okay with opening the shop. I was like, all right, this may not work and I may lose everything. Yeah. I had to be okay with that before I opened the shop and I was. It was a gamble worth taking because I knew if I pulled it off that – it, mountain biking would change forever in the state of Missouri. And now four years later, mountain biking has changed forever in the state of Missouri. And if I, my shop closes down tomorrow and I lose all the money I invested and all the work I put in in these four years, it doesn't matter. Job's done. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to close, but if it were to happen, I would be okay with it. <laughs> You've left your impact. Yeah, I've done all, I've, I've done all the cool crap I wanted to do. It's pretty awesome. Um, income statement projections. Um, first year sales are projected at $120,000 with approximately 100 bikes sold, counting for $72,000 in revenues. Service sales will account for $20,000 in income. Parts and apparel will be about $22,000 in revenue. Uh, rentals will generate the remaining revenue. Um, gross margins on bicycle sales will average 35% while parts and apparel will return a margin of about 40%. Uh, first year revenues will total $120,000 with a profit of $5,376. Um, in year two, revenues will increase to $180,000 with a profit of $35,000. Uh, third year revenues are forecasted at no, $240,000 in revenue with a $65,000 uh, profit. And so that's what uh, we did year three and year one. Um, I, when I came up with these numbers, I was trying to be as conservative as possible. 
that's what inevitably why Giant told me that they weren't going to open me as a dealer because I wasn't predicting enough revenues. And I was like, why? I don't, I haven't sold anything yet. Yeah. I have no idea. How are you, you going to say? This what is all guessing. Make if you, yeah, I was yeah. like, I could say I'm going to do a million dollars a year. Just completely make that number up. You should just like scratch it out, rewrote something. And just put a zero on <laughs> Like, does this help? Because that's what it ended up being four years later, you yeah. know? So that, you know, it, it it was ridiculous. I was pretty upset about that situation, how it went down and ended up working out. Um, and I got to have a bunch of fun times with Marin, which I enjoyed. But yeah, I mean, and, but I ultimately I went into the shop assuming or just hoping I would make $5,000 in the first year. Um, and then, you know, the first year we ended up doing closer to 250, but I invested that all right back in bikes and stuff. I do not, I haven't made money at this shop. Luckily I do have another business that, you know, kind of pays for everything or catches everything back up. But um, yeah, it's, I just keep putting the money back in inventory. We have so much inventory. I can't help it. So I want to do is buy bike shit. <laughs> and that's all I did before. Like that was like, I was like, what do I spend my money on? I was like, all I do is spend my money at the bike shop. Like that's the only thing I spend my money on is bikes. Yeah. So I was like, why, why would I not why open a bike it? shop? <laughs> I'll just stop spending money on stuff then, which come to find out that's not good. If all you do is spend your money on something, do not open a business where, all you do is buy more of that crap. Now I just buy it on like a tenfold level. It's insane. My like sense of like money and reality is so thrown off by running the shop because we have to pay such big bills. Like I'll go through a week, I'll pay $60,000 in bills. Yeah. Just nothing makes sense to me anymore. <laughs> Especially after COVID, zero <laughs> made sense. I was like, you know, and it's like when I, when I was kind of a self-employed guy, I was cleaning carpets. First day I made a thousand bucks was huge. I loved it. I was like, holy crap, did $3,000 in sales. I made a thousand dollars. And then I remember my first day doing, first time doing light. Uh, when I got up to three grand, I was like, holy crap, I can make three grand a day. If I can make that every day, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it gets up and it gets up and it gets up. And, you know, the shop, it was like, okay, if I can make a hundred grand doing lights every year, I'd be happy. I get to hundred grand. I'm like, all right, I need to make 300 grand doing lights every season. And then like, you just keep hitting these plateaus and it's never good enough. You always like, no matter how high you strive, you'll always, until you open your own, until you get a bike park open and change the face of the community. And then after that, you're just like, all right, now there's just nothing else to do. Now what? Now I've achieved life goal. So <laughs> moving on, now I can just chill and hang out the rest of my life, which is what I plan on doing. Red bikes. Yeah, dude. Should you get that slash 9.9? Nope. <laughs> That's Break. when you lose profits. <laughs> Break-even analysis. Uh, with fixed monthly expenses equaling $4,500 and a combined average margin of 62.5%, the business will break even at $7,300 per month in revenues. Uh, this will be achieved on a monthly basis within the first quarter. Yeah, and come to find out, more money, more problems. So when you start selling more stuff, your bills inevitably go up. So my bills are probably about two and a half times that every month now. Like just like standard like bills I have to pay for different services and things that we utilize, not including any purchases of inventory or anything. Projected cash flow, uh, mountain bike shed strongest months will be April through June and November through December. Uh, these months will be cash flow positive and carry the company through the slower months. Mountain bike shed will end year one with approximately $35,000 in the bank. Yeah, and that was actually true for us, even with November and December. This past year, November and December, we're dead, um, which is typically how bike shops are in this area. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we actually did stay busy April through June, 
in November through December were our best months. So crazy that I guessed that out before we even sold one bit of product. Um, my bike shed will end year one with 35 grand in the bank. That is not true. Uh, my bike shed will end year one with that 35 grand being used to purchase bicycles <laughs> and them sitting on my floor. So that was fun. Um, I love buying bikes. 35 grand in stuff. Yeah, and and really, I had I probably at the end of year one, we probably had about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of inventory at the end of year one. Cool. Now we're close. We sit closer. I'm trying to think how I want to say this number. Uh, retail value now. Yeah, retail value in our shop, we probably have about three quarters of a million dollars worth of stuff in here right now. Yeah. So there's that. It's a lot of money. That's why I don't make money at the bike shop. That's why no one ever makes money at a bike shop. You just buy more bikes out, dude. Yeah. You buy a slash. Yeah, or a remedy. <laughs> I bought a four thousand dollar bike. Top um, of my other toys. Balance sheet. Uh mountain bike sheds. Balance sheet will show total assets of approximately a hundred and five thousand dollars, including cash, inventory, equipment, and improvements. The company will carry zero liabilities. In the event that suppliers extend credit to the business, the balance sheet will reflect an increase in inventory and an equal amount of adjustment to liabilities. Yeah, so when I sit out in the company, I did not want to take credit out with anybody. If anything came into the store, I wanted it paid for. And the reason being is I wasn't sure how much business we were going to do, so I didn't want to ever owe anybody money. I wanted to know anything I left my store was money in my pocket to pay the utilities, to pay rent. I wanted to know that was my money. Um, since then, now that we moved more product, especially with COVID coming, really once COVID came, uh, we did open up some line of credits with some of our bigger vendors. Um, they loaded us up with a bunch of weird product that now I've had to pay for and we're stuck <laughs> with. So that's fun. Um, so yeah, my advice and the strategy we're going back to is to eliminate that, um, to eliminate this kind of rolling credit situation with these guys. Cause they'll give you like, as a bike shop, you'll get anywhere from like 30 to 90 day terms on bikes, clothing, anything we buy in the shop. Our parts and apparel, we've never taken any credit on the bikes and stuff you kind of have to do. Cause like, you know, just out of nowhere, that slash nine nine showed up. That's a $10,000 or $11,500 bike. Uh, just yeah. out of nowhere, I had to come up with 11500 bucks for that bike. That sucks. No, they gave me 30-day terms on that, so now I got a month to come up with the money for that bike. Or for somebody to buy it, it's the only one's why it would yeah. really bail me out. It is the best bike, almost the best bike you can buy from truck. It is basically the best bike. Yeah. The only thing it's missing is... It's clean, dude. There's no wires anywhere on that thing. That's up for the brakes. All right. No wireless. But yeah, fun. And so, yeah, we have done that, and every we're always net positive as far as I mean, by far, if I were, you know, the money we owe is nothing in comparison to the inventory that we have. Like, it's insane. It's so crazy. But that's, you know, why I stay broke. It is what it is. That's what they want. That's what the man wants. That's what the government wants. Well, no, that's what, what the, the bike industry wants. Oh. Yeah, that's what the industry wants. They want to keep you owing money. Keep you under the man's I mean, that's, every, that's every industry. Mm-hmm. Important assumptions, uh, local population increases, trail building continues, parks allow pedal assist rental bikes, and mountain bike industry continues to grow at predicted rates. Bada, bada, bing, and boom. Which, that's all, all true. Yeah, so yeah, all that crap happened. And then I think everybody knows we had the Eureka Mountain Bike Park built. Um, that set off everything else happening. Now a bunch of people riding the mountain bikes, and then 
all this other stuff's happening all over the place and it's so cool and all these young kids are riding mountain bikes and it's just awesome it's cool that everybody can find a hobby that can literally take them any they're going to feel comfortable any of these young men or women I don't know why I always feel like I'd say that now. Because ninety-five percent of them. Yeah, any of the, anyone listening now is definitely a man. <laughs> There's no women <laughs> listening. We're like two hours in. Um, Are we really? Probably. Um, oh shit. But um, yeah, it, it it it's it's something that these people can take that young men can take anywhere they like. If you ride a mountain bike and I go to Peru and go ride mountain bikes. I'm going to run into a group of dudes out on the trail that are just like the dudes I run into here. We're going to have a little bit of a language barrier, but we're going to be able to still communicate because we're going to know what's going on. Yeah, It's so cool. And like these guys now have that ability and have that common interest to where they have the confidence to go anywhere and be a mountain biker. Yeah. And just go ride with people. Yeah. Just Make like... new friends. So that's it, guys. I hope if you're looking at opening a bike shop that I talked you out of it. Um, you know, other than that, if you're somebody who had lofty goals like I did and everybody tells you that you probably shouldn't or couldn't do it, just fucking do it anyway. <laughs> Goodbye. That's a life lesson. <laughs>